Man, I love that song. Yeah, it's good. It's, and then when Michelle's with us and she prays that Australian accent, I just feel closer to Jesus. We've talked about that before, right? Southern accents, like, I don't know, but like Australian accent, you're just right there with him. Anyway, hey, um, something I know about church, and it doesn't really matter if you've been in church um, all your life or you've just recently started going to church, is churches are different, and sometimes church can be confusing. Am I right? For example, I remember the first time I went to church, I, I couldn't understand why there was a lady in the choir every week that had a question. Um, during the music, she would just, she had her eyes closed, so she couldn't see if somebody called on her. And um, I literally asked a friend of mine, I'm like, what, is anybody going to answer her question? He's like, no, she's worshiping. Okay. And I, I didn't know about hand raising. And, and some of you did, like, you, you, like, there's different sorts of hand raising. You got the one hand raiser, the two hand raiser, the TV hand raiser, the Mufasa hand raiser. You got all kind of, but it's confusing, Right. Well, I've had people ask me, why do people moo in your church? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, well, you're up there talking and you'll say something and, and they'll go, mmm. I'm like, oh, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a former Baptist and that's how they say amen. That's, that's how they say amen. And so, so church can be confusing. And let me say this, church isn't confusing because people like you don't get it. People, church is confusing because people like me don't do a good job many times of explaining things. And sometimes we'll say something once and we think people have got it, but, but I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded of certain things and all of us need to be reminded of certain things. And so today I want to talk about something um, and there's a good chance if you've heard me preach um, for any amount of time, you've heard me talk about some of these things, but I'm going to put a lot of things together and by the end, Hopefully, it'll get us all to the place where we know that we do need to take a next step in our walk with Jesus, and we'll know what that next step is. And for many of us here, that next step is baptism. You say, Pastor P, how do you know that the next step for so many people in our church is baptism? Well, it's simple. So far, this year, we've seen around 350 people give their lives to Christ. Right here in second. So I know. I know we got some people. Now, let me kind of start out by telling you my baptism story. And some of you have probably heard bits and pieces of this, but I'm going to piece it all together. Um, I went, when, growing up, my mom took me to a Wesleyan church, and my dad went to an independent Baptist church. So on Sunday mornings, I went with my mom went to the Wesleyan to like the Frozen Chosen, like nothing exciting ever happened in that church. And then on Sunday nights, I went to the independent Baptist church. And those people were insane. Like, they would get up and yell and scream. And then Preacher Jim, he would get up and he, I don't know what he said, but he would yell for, and once a month, once a month, he would preach about how Elvis was going to hell. Not making that up. It was back in the 70s. He did not like Elvis. So one night, he was preaching. Um, and, and one night, he was preaching, and uh, it was on Elvis. I remember something about Elvis, and I don't know if I'd listen to Hound Dog that week or not, but I felt convicted or something during the, during the invitation. So my uncle went to the altar, and I got up and went to the altar too. And it wasn't because I wanted to connect with Jesus. It's because I was five years old with ADD, and no 
no ADD medicine. I was like, hey, there's a chance to move. So I go to the altar and Preacher Jim comes up, puts his hand on me, says, pray this prayer. I prayed the prayer um, and afterwards he said, you're going to heaven. And I was like, awesome, I know I'm going to heaven. You just scared the hell out of me. So uh, they, I'm, I'm in, I'm in heaven. So they told me that was my salvation experience. And some of you had that same experience in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And, um, and so, so eventually, um, the preacher like, made my dad mad. And so my dad called him and cussed him out. We never went back to the church. True story. I'll tell you the whole thing some other time. It's crazy. So I wound up going to the Wesleyan church. Um, and and they, they did that. We built a new church, and it was time to get baptized. And they said... Um, whoever wants to get baptized, you know, you call the preacher, sign up. So my mom called and, and I was, I got on the list to get baptized. And the preacher came by to see me at my house. And he said, um, have you, uh, have you been saved? And I was like, well, yeah, absolutely. I've got preacher Jim led me to Christ. I'm in, I'm in. He said, awesome. So there was a baptism on a Sunday night and they put us in little white robes and, and I was there. I remember my mom and my grandma and everybody was there and we all got baptized. It was great. And then a few years later, my mom passed away and I did my very best to run as far from God as I could. And I was really successful in doing so. And, but then around 1989, 1990, a friend of mine started inviting me to church and, and I started going and eventually I just kept going every week. And then there was a, there was a, it was March of 1990, March of 1990, I won't forget, um, in a Baptist, now I don't know what background you're from, but I'm from, I come from a Baptist background. And in the Baptist church that I was in, we would all stand up and sing just as I am. You remember that? And, and, and somebody had to walk forward. I mean, at some point, it was like, dear God, somebody take one for the team. Make up a sin. You know, you, you don't have to make it up. You just go tell what you did yesterday. And we'll, 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 so we're at, and, but on that particular Sunday, nobody had to make anything up. Because I was like, I'm joining the church. Now, in, in the Baptist world, we, we, we joined the church by walking forward and talking to the pastor. And at the end of the service, they'd vote on you. It was great. Um, nobody ever voted no, but I was kind of nervous. And so I walked up and I said, I, I want to join the church. And he said, uh, have you been saved? And I said, I have. He said, have you been baptized? I was like, I have. He said, by immersion? I said, yes, sir. He said, in a, I mean, I didn't know. I thought this was like 20 questions. And he said, in a Baptist church? And I said, nope, it's Wesleyan. And I guess the Wesleyan didn't take because they, they said, you need to get baptized again. So I was like, I'm in. I'm baptized. So go in front of the church, get baptized in March of 1990. And then in May of 1990, I accepted Christ. <laughs> so I go to my pastor and I was like, Preacher Gray, I... I prayed to accept Christ. I said, um, what do I need to do? He said, oh, you need to get, you need to get baptized. <laughs> I said, let me help you. Let me help you a little bit. Um, I've, I've been baptized twice. I'm an overachiever. And he said, he said, yeah, but that didn't count. I said, well, y'all Christians are the wettest people in the world. Why y'all got to get somebody in water? He said, he said this. He said, he said, Perry, before when you were baptized, all you were was a wet sinner. <laughs> that stuck with me. I've never forgotten that. He said, he said, baptism is what we do after we meet Christ. And it's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's also symbolic of the change that has taken place in our life 
And you can't celebrate a change that hasn't taken place. It'd be like going out and buying a wedding ring and you're not dating anybody. He said, baptism is the symbol of something that has happened in your life. And it is commanded in the scriptures, but it's commanded after we receive Jesus. So, so I had been baptized twice. So I went for the third time. I mean, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, got them all, right? Got, got them all taken care of. So today, that's what I want to talk to you about, but it, it's about more than baptism. It's about taking our next step in our journey with Jesus. Now, in the Bible, there's four accounts of the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's four Gospels. Matthew is written to primarily a Jewish audience, and the reason that's a big deal is because Matthew drops a verse, and I've been reading this verse for years and just kind of skimming over the importance of it, not understanding it, but, but I want you to see what Matthew says. Matthew says in Matthew 3.13, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now, here's what I know about everybody in this room and everybody watching on this line, everybody watching online. No, nobody looked at that and went, that's my new verse. Go get that one tattooed on my back. <laughs> you know, no, no, nobody, nobody in this room is looking at that verse going, that's the most amazing verse I've ever seen. And the reason, the reason I didn't understand this verse for years is because I didn't understand the geographical context of it. And also, it, this verse is put in the Bible, I think, to, to show us that, well, let me back up and just say, when you love somebody, when you love somebody, what's important to them eventually becomes important to you for the most part. Am I right? Yes or no? So for example, Shannon and I yesterday celebrated our one year anniversary. Yeah, we did. We made it. Now, when we first started dating, I'd go pick her up at her apartment, and, and um, she had this dog named Sammy, named after Sammy Watkins, the, the former Clemson football player that went on in the NFL, you know what I'm talking about? Somebody like, why didn't she name him after a good South Carolina player? Exactly. So anyway, so named him Sammy Watkins, and, uh, and he's, I mean, he's like, he's a, he's a, He's a mutt, okay? I mean, he, we don't really know what he is, but, but he's cute. And at first, I was like, okay, how you doing? You go pick her up. Hey, here's my dog. <laughs> and he sheds all over the place. And, 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 but then the, the more time I spent with Shannon, the more I started like liking Sammy. And before I knew it, like I would go sit down and he would just come and put his head in my lap and I'd scratch him on the nose. And it was, I, I knew I, I loved it. She called me one day. She's like, I'm freaked out. Get over here right now. Sammy's in trouble. I was like, what happened? So I get over to her house. Sammy, she had bought some CBD oil for dogs and Sammy had gotten into the box and eaten the whole bottle. That's <laughs> the happiest dog I've ever seen in my life. He, his eyes were this big, his tail was sticking straight out. She's like, is it going to be okay? I was like, I mean, did he, did he drink it all? Is there some left? Because I want what he's got. Like, yeah, it's... And so, so now, Chance is, Chance is my, my dog, but Sammy, like, I love this dog. I love, in fact, Super Bowl Sunday night, Shannon comes in and takes a picture. This is me and my boys hanging out. We, we didn't pose for that. Like, it wasn't like, okay, dogs, get up here, pose. I sat down on the couch, 
And they both came and sat down right next to me. It was awesome. And the reason I love Sammy is because I love Shannon and, and what's important to her came important to me. It's the same thing with Jesus. If we're going to follow Jesus, then what's important to him has to become important to us, which is why I'm going to take us back to this verse for just a second and say, the reason this is a big deal is because from the Galilee, this area where Jesus was, to the place where Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River is a 60-mile journey. Now, this is where some people go, 60 miles, it's not a big deal, is it? No, 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 it's a 60-mile walk. I don't know about you, but I ain't walking 60 miles. I can't, like, for example, how many of you love to shop? You're shopping. Raise your hand. Come on, I'm not going to make fun of you. What if I said, let's go shopping this afternoon? And you said, okay, Pastor Pete, where are we going? We're going to walk to Gaffney. To the outlets where you don't really get a good deal up there. You don't really get a good deal. But what if I said we're going to walk to Gaffney? Nobody's walking to Gaffney. In fact, to shop, I wouldn't walk across the street to the mall with the 17 other people that will be there this afternoon to shop, right? <laughs> if I go to a restaurant and there's a 60-minute wait, I'm not waiting. Not 60 miles. So can we all agree if Jesus walked 60 miles to do something, it was important. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't like there wasn't water in the Galilee area. There's like the Sea of Galilee. I've seen it. It's pretty big. But Jesus walked 60 miles. And it's just a reminder for all of us that being a Christian isn't about getting Jesus in on our agenda. Being a Christian is about Jesus. I want to do what you say to do. I want to follow your ways. I want to follow your word. And if Jesus made this big of a deal out of baptism, we've at least got to lean in and see what was going on. Agree? All right, good. Glad you did. So the next verse says this. But John, <laughs> but John tried to talk him out of it. Let me pause. This is why I love the scriptures. This is why I know it's not a made-up story. Because this is John the Baptist, and John the Baptist tries to tell Jesus, no. Have you ever argued with God? Like, like God said this, and you're like, eh. I, you, like this is, John, John Try to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. So it's great when not only do you tell God why you can't do it, but then you give him the theological reason as to why you're right and he's wrong. This is great. So why are you coming to me? So, so you're questioning God. Now, this next slide I'm gonna put up, it's a myth. It's a myth. I wanna show you this is a myth. And I had to put myth on there because if I were to put this slide up and didn't put myth with it, somebody would... Somebody would say amen. This is not something to amen. This is, the next slide is not true. Here we go, myth. Christians are obedient both immediately and consistently. Now, here's what's crazy. If I were to just put that out on social media tomorrow, I would get liked. I would get like, Boosted, like now that Elon has Twitter, I would get like retweeted or whatever. I don't know what's going on with that, but but this is the myth that we believe. In fact, some of us have been taught that we're not good people because we're not obedient both immediately and consistently. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and put my cards on the table and say, 
When God says to do something, it's best if we go ahead and follow through. But this is John the Baptist pushing back against Jesus, saying, I'm not sure about this whole baptism. I'm not not sure. And anytime God begins to speak and work in our life, most of the time, our first instinct is to resist. I mean, most of us, we, we have told God no, or maybe, or we bargained with him. You ever bargained with God? I'll talk about that in a little while. Now, when it comes to baptism, there's three main reasons that people push back on baptism. I wrote these down for you. Number one, fear of water. No, some people are scared of water. It's legit, it's a legit fear. And um, I always tell people, this is true. I've been baptizing people for over 30 years. I've never lost one. <laughs> I almost did one time. No, I, I was baptizing a girl in the ocean. And when I put her under, a wave hit us and we plowed the bottom of the, I mean, it was, I, I was, I pulled her up. She was like, <gasps> I was like, sweetheart, if you would have died, you'd have gone straight to heaven. <laughs> her eyes were this big. She nodded her head. <sighs> so, so if you're, if you need, know you need to get baptized and you're scared of water, I've, I've never lost anybody in the, in the pool. Never. Now, Cole's also going to be baptized and he's, He's a Yankee, so he might have lost a couple, couple people. We don't know about them Yankees, but. And, and listen, I, I understand, feel like we're all scared of certain things. Like if you had to, let, let's, say, let's say if you came to Christ, your, if your first thing that you had to do after accepting Christ was hug a clown, I'm stuck in my walk with Christ. I ain't getting near a clown. Some may write about a clown. Clowns freak me out. I've not seen the movie It. I don't like the trailer yet. I won't go to the fair. I'm not, you want to go to the fair? No. I don't want to go to Redneck Disneyland for one reason. <laughs> if, there's clowns there. And if, if I see a clown, I got a concealed weapon permit. I'm just saying something's going to happen bad. So if you're scared of water, I get that you're scared of water. But at the end of the day, you, you don't have to, like, you're not, you're, you're going to be okay. Which leads to the second one. And this is fear of being seen. Now, I kind of get this a little bit because um, I've had people say, I'm not, Pastor I'm not really a a public kind of person. I kind of like to be in the shadows. And I I get it. I tell people all the time, and people don't believe me. I promise you it's true. I am an introvert. I get up here on stage. All my extrovertness comes out on Sunday. (laughs) On Monday, I'm like, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. I'm just an introvert. So I love, I love just, I love just going somewhere on vacation, putting on a hat, reading a book, and nobody knows who you are. Do you love that? I get that. That's 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 a great day, week, month, year, whatever. But but sometimes it's it's um, yeah, I don't I don't really want people to see my hair messed up. No, it's 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 real. I want people to see like the makeup and stuff. It'll it'll. Get, I, listen, it's, it's the fear of being seen. And, and I always say this very directly, kindly, but very directly. I'm so glad Jesus wasn't scared of being seen for us. He died bloody and naked on a cross. And he's asking us 
just to get dunked. This right here is, it's, I understand it, but it's not a reason to say no to Jesus. The third one, I can't help some of y'all with because it's just the way it is. It's fear of making your family mad. Some of y'all just, you have the gift of making your family mad. I, this, is, this is for the people who were, um, you were baptized as uh, infants. Anybody baptized as an infant? Raise your hand, I'm not gonna make fun of you. Okay, you, you know how you know you're baptized as an infant? Because somebody told you or they showed you a picture. You don't remember it. What's the first thing you remember from your childhood? Well, they put me in this dress and the pastor just sneezed on me kinda and that was it. Like that, that, that meant a lot to your parents, but it's not biblical baptism. Now, I know that's a strong statement, but stay with me because there's 27 references in the New Testament to baptism and every single one of them is after somebody meets Christ by immersion. We've got people, why are you baptized by immersion here? That, we just say, if Jesus did it that way, then that's the way we think we should do it too. So it's, it's one of those things where I always encourage people, this is, this is the way, and so you're not gonna make your family mad if you get baptized. Actually, being baptized by immersion is, it, it's what they were praying for the day they dedicated you. It's actually fulfilling the prayers that they prayed for on that day. It's something to be celebrated. Don't worry about making, by the way, if you make somebody mad by getting baptized, I promise you it's not you. They got other things going on. Now, the scripture goes on to say, but Jesus said, it should be done. For we must carry out all that, John, that God requires. Jesus didn't call John an idiot. Jesus didn't rebuke John. Jesus didn't tear him down. Jesus said, I'm not changing my mind. By the way, that thing that God's been talking to you about lately, that thing that he's been pressing in on your heart, he's not changing his mind. He, so he says, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. I love, now I usually teach out the New Living Translation, that's what NLT means, but the NIV, the New International Version, I love the way Jesus put it in the NIV. He said, let it be so now. In other words, John, not only are we gonna do it, we're gonna do it now. When's the best time to be obedient to Jesus? Now. So it, it caused me to think, and, and some of y'all might know this because I've shared this before, but maybe not. Um, I'm, I'm weird in that I get up early every morning, except for Saturday. And I, you say, oh, what time do you set your alarm for? That's just it. I don't set an alarm. If I set an alarm, I'll stress out. The only time I set an alarm is um, Saturday nights because, I mean, I'm convinced that the devil put like sleep dust on me on Saturday night. I'll just miss Sunday. But, but normally I don't set an alarm. I just tell myself what time I need to get up and that's what time I get up. Five. 5.15, I'm, I'm out of bed and with my coffee at 5.30. It's weird. I don't set an alarm. But some people, I'm not gonna tell y'all it's Shannon. <laughs> and Karis. Between the both of them on a Saturday, on Sunday mornings, 287 alarms go off <laughs> in our house. Now, I'm just kind of curious. I'm just kind of curious. How many of you set more than one alarm on your phone? Be honest. Be honest right now in the house of God. Yes. 
Most of you are dysfunctional. That's awesome. Now, let me tell you what you do. You do the same thing. Shannon, so I went in to wake her up the other day. I heard her alarm go off, and I kind of go in. I was like, hey, baby, you doing good? Can you see anything? No, no. So I walk out of the room, and her second alarm goes off. And I heard her go, why? And I said, because you set the alarm. That's why. I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my mind. I, I just, there's no way I would say that out loud. But then it kind of, it, it reminded me, it's, it's like we set four alarms and we get mad every time an alarm goes off. Am I right? Every, what's the alarm going on? But we set the alarm. Isn't it funny we do the same thing in church? God, I want you to speak to me and tell me what my next step is. Oh, I don't like that one. It's kind of like one of those little eight balls. Let me shake that thing again and see what God's going to say. Oh, he'll meet you there. He'll just keep putting the same thing up. Like, why would he trust us with what's next if we can't obey now? It's, it's, it's a great question that, that I wrestle with on a consistent basis. And, and there's some people here today that maybe, maybe that next step, you just keep hitting the snooze button. And when the alarm goes off, you get mad. But you, you're the one that asked Jesus, show me what my next step is. There's people here, your next step is baptism. And you're like, I hope he hurries up and finishes this message because we won't have to hear it again for another year. Let me promise you something. Let me promise you something. If baptism is your next step and you don't surrender to it, you won't be able to get away from it. I promise you. Because at the end of the message today, I'm going to pray that God will bother you. Those are the only prayers he seems to kind of answer for me. But, but this is what Jesus said. He said, let's, let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's do it right now. And then, and then after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, he came up. This is why we baptize by immersion. I heard a preacher say one time, you can't come up out of a Dixie cup. I was like, amen. The heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. There's a lot, there's a lot of people talking about identification these days. And don't worry, I'm not getting political, okay? Because dear God, I mean, I think if God could say anything to the Republicans and the Democrats right now, he would put them both in timeout. Independents are all high, but, 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 the, but the republic, he was like, time out, don't, mm-mm. But I got fascinated with something. I didn't even know about it until about a week ago. I'm just kind of curious where, where you land on this. Um, there's a trial going on between this guy named Johnny Depp <laughs> and Amber Heard. Have you heard of this? I can't quit watching. <laughs> Shannon, Shannon got on TikTok the other night and, and she was like, watch this. And I was like, no. She's like, just, just watch it for, for five minutes. And if you don't want to watch it anymore, we won't watch it. An hour later, <laughs> like I'm in. But, but here's, and I'm, I'm being honest. 
I don't know who I believe. I really don't. So I'm going to take a vote. I'm just asking. I don't have a side. How many are, you kind of believe Johnny over Amber? Okay, yeah. How many believe Amber over Johnny? Let's talk about that line woman for a second. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like, but people aren't afraid to identify with that. And and you see people in public, like uh, you see people with with Clemson or South Carolina or Georgia t-shirts on, they're not afraid to identify with their team, right? I had a guy come work on my air conditioner one time. And as he was leaving, I was like, hey man, you go to church anywhere? He's like, I'm not sure you want me to come to your church. I said, man, I don't know, man. We got some pretty shady people. (laughs) I was just talking about the staff. I wasn't even talking about y'all. And he grabbed his sleeve and he pulled up his arm and he had a Georgia bulldog. I said, you're right. You can't come. (laughs) Probably going to hell. We're, we're not scared to identify with certain, like, you know, like the Johnny Depp or the Amber Heard, the team or whatever, but, but identifying with Jesus. Like, I, I'm a Christ follower, and, and I've got some Christian t-shirts, but they don't make me a Christian. I do, I do not have Christian bumper stickers because I've never seen a good one. Um. I do have a Bible verse tattooed on my arm, but that doesn't make me a Christian. I, I know some people have some, some cross jewelry, but that isn't what identifies us as a Christian. The primary way that Jesus said that we were to identify with him is to be baptized. And watch what happens in this story. Jesus comes up out of the water and God speaks and said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We're in Matthew three. Let me ask you a question. How many miracles had Jesus done at this point in his life? Zero. How much teaching had Jesus done in his life? None. In other words, God's saying, hey, before you even get started, before you teach one thing, before you do one miracle, I love you and I'm proud of you right now. That's the same way he feels about all his children. His love is not based on our performance. It's based on our position as children of God. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? So, so baptism is symbolic then of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you how easy it is. You'll stand in the pool and Cole or I will say, we'll call you by your name, who is your Savior and Lord? Now there's an answer in church that's always right. It's Jesus. In fact, if if you say, God, I'll just go, uh uh-uh, we're gonna go with Jesus. And I'll say on your profession, the faith that Jesus Christ, your Savior, your Lord, I baptize you, my brother, sister, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We take you under the water. We pull you back up and everybody celebrates. Now, let me tell you why that's huge. It's a reminder that Jesus Christ died 
was buried and rose again. So, so when you're being lowered down, it's, it's a reminder that Jesus died. When you're under the water, it's a reminder that he was buried. When you come out of the water, it's a reminder that he rose again. That's a big deal. It's also a big deal because it reminds us of we were, we were dead in our sins, but we died to our old self. We were buried, made new, and we're a brand new person in Christ. And this is what he's asked us to do. After we receive Christ, there's somebody in here, I, I got baptized like four times. Yeah, but did you receive Christ? After? And let me say, I, I know I shared this story before, but I just really felt like this is the way I was supposed to land the plane today. Um, when I went to rehab or treatment, it depends on who you're talking to, it, it was a dark period in my life. And I know many of you have had that experience where this is a dark season and um, you didn't have to go to rehab. It's just, it was dark last week or whatever. And I, I remember I went there and um, a pastor in rehab, you get, a lot, you get to have a lot of great conversations. They asked me what I did at first and I told them the truth. I was unemployed. I said, I'm unemployed. What'd you, what'd you do before you were unemployed? I was, I was, um, I was, I was a pastor. How big was your church? Well, I had a few people. And, uh, nobody, nobody knew me. It was great. And, um, my roommate was a police officer. So the pastor and the police officer, that was, that was great. We got a lot of attention. And, um, you know, I was kind of wrestling through how I was going to handle this and, and where I was in my relationship with Jesus and, and then Thursday night was talent show night, and I went to the talent show, talent show, talent show rehab. It's, it's fascinating. And so I went to the talent show, and I'm sitting there at the no talent talent show, and I'm, I'm just kind of working. I mean, I went there to support a friend. He was doing a song or whatever, and God spoke to me as clearly as I ever heard him. He said, go to the piano, and play Amazing Grace. And I went, there's no freaking way. God, I am in rehab. I am not in church. And I am not going. I told God no. But God's got this weird thing with me. I don't know if he does it with you, but if I, did, if I know I'm supposed to do something and God, and I tell God no, I, I, get, I get fidgety. I get like... I get like this. I don't know if that happens to you. And just so you know, when you get like this in rehab, you get tested. You get searched. I can almost see God in heaven going, oh, you want to play. So then I start bargaining with God. And I say, okay, okay, okay. I'll go to Chip because Chip was over the talent sheet the no talent talent sheet. And I said, I'll go to Chip and tell him that I'll, I'll go next week. And I felt the Lord say, that'll be fine. So I got up and I went to Chip and I said, hey man, I know it's too late to do it today, but I'll, I'll go next week. He goes, oh, you can go right now. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. 
I said, no, 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 no. He goes, hey, guys, Perry, Perry's going to close us out. I go and I sit down at the piano and I, I did one of those deep sighs. I didn't say anything. I just started playing the piano and singing Amazing Grace in a room full of people that did not claim to know Christ, wasn't even a church, and I just started singing Amazing Grace. And they started singing with me. By the time I got through the first chorus, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. You know why? Nobody who was there thought we had our stuff together. All of us knew we were at rock bottom. All of us knew we needed the grace of God. And if we could be honest, we're all in rehab today. All of us at some point in our life have messed up and made mistakes. And there's not one person in this room that doesn't need the grace of God in their lives. And if you've received the grace of God, there's not one person in this room that isn't thankful for that grace. He, he, he not only saved me, but he stayed with me. And I found out he still loves me and still has a plan for me. And so for me, I just want to try my best. If he says, this is your next step, I want that to be my next step. And so for you, if that's your next step, if baptism is your next step, then that's my hope and my prayer for you today. Will you stand for prayer? Father, I want to pray right now over every single person in this room, over every single person watching online. God, that we would just pause. Think about where we were when you found us how good you've been to us. God, that somebody would hear you say today, you're my child with whom I love and I am well pleased. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing grace. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, what's your next step? Everybody's got a next step. What's your next step in your walk with Jesus? Maybe you don't know. Well, that's what's so cool. You can just ask him right now where you stand. Jesus, what's my next step? Show me my next step. If your next step is to be baptized, listen, if you have not been baptized since receiving Christ, that's your next step. Take your phone out right now and sign up with that QR code. We're going to put it back on the screen. Do it right now. Do it right now. Don't bargain with God. Don't do it right now. We're going to baptize in two weeks on May 29th. And, and listen, it's your next step. Let's get it done. Maybe your next step is to receive Christ. You've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. And you know that's, you, you know that's what you need to do today. If that's you, then in this room right now or online, I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come in and take over. You are Lord in Jesus' name. My heads bowed and eyes closed. If you just prayed that prayer, if you just asked Christ to come in your life, if you just experienced that, then I want you right now to 
do me a favor and shoot your hands straight up in the air. Put it straight up in the air because I want to celebrate with you. Amen, 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 amen. Three, four, five, amen, amen. There are hands all over the place. Thank, thank you, Jesus, for these hands. Thank you, Jesus, so much for the people, God, that today have said yes to the next step. If you raise your hand and you pray to receive Christ, you can go ahead and sign up for baptism. You can do it on the screen or you can do it in the lobby when you leave. I just want you to take your next step in your wall with Christ. Father, thank you so much that you lead us faithfully, that you lead us directly, and God, that your plans for our lives are greater than our plans for our lives. We love you, Jesus. We celebrate you, and we ask this in your name. Everybody that agreed said, amen. Are you, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, me too. I hope y'all have a phenomenal week, and we'll see y'all back here next Sunday.